pray. Father, uh, thank you that your name, we have a strong and mighty fortress. We ask that you'd inspire us by, through your word, in Christ's name, amen. amen. Just take a seat, would you? Uh, can you hear me all right? Is my microphone there? That's a bit better. Just bend it until break it. Hey, Jeff, why don't you come up here for a moment? We haven't rehearsed this, but come on up. So, uh, you know, it's not that, you know, sometimes you don't get volunteers, you get to conscript people. But was it last year or the year before at Winter Conference? Here, hold on, hold on. Two years ago. Let's t how do we turn this on? Do you know? I'll give it to you. Um, so I, so we're at, at the Winter Conference two years ago in January. You probably have shared about this, have you? Well, we'll do it again. Uh, and uh, I was in the front row. I was actually leading the service. And we're going to a time of ministry and prayer. And uh, we're praying. And uh, I think you were sat behind me. And he started, and he started to pray for me. And I was blown away because I've struggled with eczema pretty bad. And my skin's been horrible. But as I was being prayed for by this unknown person behind me, on my wrist, I had this big old breakout. And as I was watching, it was starting to shrink. It was amazing. I was like, I think, I think God's healing, like, out of actual surprise. And, like, even now, it, it hasn't come back. I scratched myself, but that's all there is. And since then, it's been clear. Uh, but what happened to you as you were praying for me? I similarly have um, uh, hives and stuff from some unknown source. I've been through all the doctors and all that. And that same day, I had a, and I didn't even realize it when I was praying over Father Dave that that I was even having this condition myself that at that moment but when we were done and I was crying like a, a baby in a chair behind him I realized my height was completely gone as well isn't that wild yeah, yeah. and uh, it's one of those things where you know in the economy of the kingdom as we seek to you know do things for the Lord he kind of the overflow is that we get blessed at the same time so, uh, Jeff, thank you, and, um, well, keep it up. <laughs> they may not want to hear that, but, uh, yeah. Um, but I, and so that was kind of, for me, that was amazing, because I've prayed for people all kinds, and, uh, and I have lots of faith most of the time that God will do something in others, but for him to do it for me is always a bit of a surprise. So, um, anyway, it, it's just, and I think a lot of us who've been in the church have that experience, right? We're kind of used to doing stuff inside, but when the others, when we do stuff for the for others, and it starts happening for us, it's it's amazing. We're going to look at a couple of uh, words that that the the gospel that we had read to us by uh, by Caleb, John sixteen. If you have Bibles, it would really help me if you open them up and read along. If not, uh, well, here's your first exercise of faith in the morning to trust what I have to say. Um, and we're going to look at this thing of the Father's presence. Um, what we have in Jesus, as you know, is Jesus models for us what it looks like to be fully human. He models for us what it looks like to be full of love, to be full of the kind of love we all want, right? Love that doesn't judge but accepts, love that's patient and kind. Love that doesn't boast or envy, but it's just always there, right? This is the love that Jesus models, and he shows us that the way to ha be fully human, be full of love, is to be full of the Holy Spirit. He models what it looks like, and he invites us to receive that because he's enabled us to receive that. 
How has he done that? He's done that through his death and resurrection uh, and ascension. And he is speaking to his disciples before he's about to leave them. We have no idea how he leaves them the ascension. It's, you know, we're the last words of Jesus. Hey, <laughs> look at this. You know, he takes off. We just don't know, right? But he knows that he's leaving, so he's going to prep them. That was a joke. There might be a few more. I'll warn you. Um, and it's funny, isn't it? Because we've been in Destin now three days, and uh, yesterday we thought we'd, uh, we had every intention of going to check out the yachts at Galante, but we ended up at AJ's. I'm sorry we missed you, but uh, there we were at AJ's. And, you know, the tourists have left, right? They've been gone how long? A week. So, you know, we were there with some locals watching, um, you know, the other religion in Florida, which is football. <laughs> and, um, and it's interesting. I even saw this on the flight over here is that I sat next to these two moms. And we're just kind of engaged. As the person in front of me reclined so that his head was in my lap. <laughs> and my recliner wasn't working. And they kind of, like, took pity on me and started talking to me. It's their mistake. And we just started asking them, you know, what are you, what are you coming to Destin for? What are you going to do? And I said, oh, we just really need this. We're going for four days to be by the beach. It's great. Uh, the American Airlines then came by. They said, we'll have uh, two champagnes. I just thought it was amazing. They thought they'd get champagne on American Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> so they got the rosé in. They said, man, this is going to be great. It's just what we needed. They start, you know, having the drinks, start talking. And it was clear to me that um, I know you must have a hard relationship with, what is it, the million people who come through here every summer? But why are they coming? The moms I was next to were coming because in order for them to survive life in Dallas, they need to get away from all their troubles. They need to sit on the beach. They need to drink to dull the pain. They need to uh, change what they're looking at so that the, the hole in their lives, the meaning... And these were people who go to church, right? They're churchgoers. They gave me, as soon as they found what I would do, I got their church credentials. <laughs> but, but there's still something missing in their life. And it's fascinating to me that you have, what, a million people who come through here every summer, and they're coming, and they're, they're really looking for Jesus. They just don't know it. And we have this, you have this amazing opportunity to do what Jesus says here in these verses. Let's look at those. Verse 12. Verse 12 has the first big surprise. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Jesus had a lot more to tell the disciples, but, you know, the out misfits he had in front of him, he says, they're not going to get it. So I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to hold off. But he had more to say. And the surprise is, is what comes next. And Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes... He will lead you. Now, I grew up as an Anglican, um, you know, in Canada. And, um, and, you know, when I heard the spirit of truth, I thought it was the almighty lie detector, right? My mom's a federal court judge. My dad had, uh, we call him a crown prosecutor, was DA at the time. And so they're just really good at sniffing out when I was lying. In fact, I got <laughs> caught. I got caught before I thought of doing things most of the time. And I thought that when Jesus is going to send the spirit of truth, the almighty lie detector is coming to catch us out, right? And we'll get punished and see the, the, re, uh, you know, the mistake of our ways. And, but that's not what Jesus is referring to. In, in uh, the letter to the Hebrews, uh, we see that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. 
It's the exact, he is Jesus' exact representation of his nature. He's that which emanates from the Father. So just like the light we have in this room emanates from the light bulbs, Jesus emanates from the Father. He's exactly like the Father. He represents him perfectly. There is zero blemish in nature. There's zero blemish in kind, in action, and in word. The two are one. Perfect one. So when Jesus says a little earlier in John chapter 14, verse 16, better that I go and send the Holy Spirit, he uses a term in verse 16, and that technical term is another. I'm going to send you another. Now, look at, you know, you've all seen where Chris sits when he plays the piano. It's another, it's another seat. It's another seat like yours. It's got four legs. It keeps him sat up so he's not on the ground. And that he, did Jesus mean he's going to send another kind of like or similar to himself? Well, there's another definition for another, which is exact same. And when Jesus says, I'm going to send another comforter, the word another there is just is, look at Caleb's chair, look at your chair. They're the exact same. Came from the same manufacturer, same color green. That's just wonderful, you know, just got the same metal down there. Exactly the same. And so when Jesus says, they're going to send you another comforter, he's saying, I'm sending you someone who's going to be exactly like me. The exact same. When Jesus describes sending the Holy Spirit, he's sending the exact same of himself. So here's Jesus. He emanates from the Father. He's exactly like the Father. And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And the Holy Spirit, who is with you, is going to be in you. And it's better that I go. He's another comforter. He's the exact same as I am. So now if you can imagine this perfect representation of the Father up to this point, has on specific people, only at specific times, has rested on people. So the promise that Jesus sends, he's going to send someone exactly like him, but he's no longer going to be just on the people for certain times, certain places. He's now going to be in. He's going to be on the inside working things out, filling every believer. That's the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is just another way of talking about the presence of the Father coming into our lives to lead us. And the longing of Jesus <clears throat> is that the accurate expression of who the Father is would fill us and then move through us. The accurate expression of who the Father is would fill us and then move through us into the lives of those around us. Verse 13 says, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority. And so the Spirit's ministry of guiding Jesus' followers into all truth is actually very specific at this point for the 11 who are going to oversee the writing of the New Testament. All right, that's kind of a Spirit deal. But there's like all the other promises of Jesus, a broader promise that applies to all of us which is that the Holy Spirit's going to lead us and guide us. Now, in the 60s, in the 70s, the 80s, the Holy Spirit met with people 
a lot in, in, in a number of ways, but primarily through praise and prayer revival meetings. And since the 80s, uh, certainly uh, in the 15 years I've been in ministry, I mean, he still does that, but he's also moving in a new way and in, a, in an accelerated way through the medium of hospitality. Through the medium of hospitality. And hospitality seems to be the stage with which the Lord meets with his people and makes his presence known. So, for example, uh, th- and I think that's why Alpha is so powerful. Because people come in, they have an authentic experience of Christian community, and they start to talk about what they believe, and nobody challenges them because a good dinner party, when you're having guests over, you don't challenge them everything they say, right? Because it's going to be horrific. And, and you can only, only so many people can hide in the kitchen and do dishes, right? You can't all go there and let the two wore it out. And so, um, and so it's really, it's this avenue now how the Lord is moving through the means of hospitality in a similar way that he did in praise and prayer meetings. And so, um, and so what was incredible was we, um, we uh, in the last, last Alpha Course, we were at this restaurant two, two Alpha Courses ago in Dallas, Known as like the club stretch, so similar to your 98, I guess. It's where all the nightclubs in Dallas are. And um, we got one to open up on a Tuesday night just for us. And we had the upper room. Thought it was significant. They called it the upper room. We're in there. And um, we came to the night on healing. And, uh, and uh, we do the talk. We get praying for people, see if anyone wants, you know, prayer for healing. And the waitress calls me over. And I go over and say, what's going on. Normally she's on her phone doing Instagram or whatever she does. And just normally I don't listen to anything you say. I was like, okay. At least she's honest. But I listen to everything you said tonight. I said, great. As you started to pray for each other, something happened. Now I grew up Catholic in Chicago. I said, okay. When you started to pray for each other, something amazing came over me and filled me with goosebumps. What was that? I said, oh, as we're praying for each other in the power of the Spirit for healing, the Holy Spirit just chose to make His presence made known to you. That's, that's God. He's like, really? He says, yeah. He said, I grew up Catholic. I didn't know that it was, could be like this. And then when we did our uh, next Alpha course in that location, she requested, volunteered to come and work those nights. And so we see that the Lord is moving in a way that you just wouldn't, that we wouldn't have expected. Um, and the Holy Spirit leads and guides us and prompts us. And usually the, the, the challenge we have is, is that me or is that the Lord? And, and you wonder. So um, we, uh, we one day, we, outside of the church in London, the, uh, they started to open up this new shop. And they, they kind of painted it electric pink, which is amazing. And they started to put the letters up. The first letter was K. And then we quickly see it's not going to be what we would think. And it's called Kinky Ink. It was a tattoo parlor. Some of the church were up in arms. because, like, oh, no, you know, it's horrific tattoos. What's going to do to the neighborhood? And uh, I just thought, well, this will be interesting. And I started walking by the, the tattoo parlor twice on my way to work and way back. Uh, as I walk by it the first time, I just hear this thought go through my mind saying, go tell them I love them. I'm like, yeah, that's clearly not God. That's just me. I'll keep walking. Um, and second day, so back in, and second day, I walk by, go tell my love. He said, yes, yeah, that can't be God. Why would he do that? And on the fifth day, finally, I was like, okay, Larley, 
get yourself together. I walk in, and I meet the owner of the tattoo parlor, who, who's a, a Mexican from San Diego, called, who went by Yogi Bear. <laughs> Completely surreal. He was like, hey, dude, do you want a tattoo? He's like, no offense, I hate, I hate needles. No, I'm getting a tattoo. He's like, oh, well, why'd you come in? I said, well, see the church over there? He says, yeah, well, I'm, I'm on staff there. I'm one of the priests, and I've just come in to welcome you. I'm trying to figure, I can't tell him God loves him. He's not going to receive it. So I said, uh, and we're just here to tell you that we're praying that you find fulfillment here, thinking that would be enough. I thought, no, i got to go all in. So, <laughs> and I said, actually, I've come in to tell you that Jesus loves you. And he said, oh, right on. <laughs> right on. Let me show you my art. So he opens up his, fo- his folder of tattoo art. He shows me his Jesus. Yeah, I know a different Jesus. That's demon Jesus. I know, like, the real Jesus. Anyway, so he makes really great coffee, so I would, on my way to work, time it, so I'd sit down as he opens up, we'd have coffee, chat, keep going, and uh, anyway, one, all of a sudden, he just disappears for two weeks, and we're like, okay, where'd Yogi go? He says, I don't know, he's gone, and suddenly, he shows up, we were doing this Wednesday lunchtime alpha deal, and Yogi comes in, and he's, his eyes look different, and I'm like, Yogi, wh- what happened? He said, man, I got saved. I said, what do you mean you got saved? I said, immigration detained me for two weeks. (laughs) And that chaplain came to my cell every day, and he just annoyed uh, expletive, expletive out of me. So I said, look, look, Padre, if I give my life to Jesus, will you leave me alone? (laughs) He says, yeah. So he gave his life to Jesus. And I said, well, what are you doing here? He says, well, I've come to the only church I could find that praise for tattoo artists. I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> and uh, also all of a sudden, Yogi, he's kind of coming to everything, right? For a three-month stretch, he does everything. He even tries to come to the women's prayer meetings, which was <laughs> touch and go. But he'd go into the kitchen, make, you know, coffee. He really weirded out the seven-year-olds, uh, you know, the British, what they're like. Ooh, you know, anyway, and um, the whole time, the rector's on sabbatical, and we have all these people coming through who just don't look like the church, right? Because they got tattoos and they're hearing about Jesus from Yogi. Yogi's like, man, I've just discovered that when I'm hurting people for hours and tattooing them, they got nothing to do but listen to me talk about Jesus. (laughs) So he's just like, you know, and um, we didn't have the nerve to tell him that he was sitting in the rector's wife's seat, right? Uh, Because she had a particular seat she sat in. And so they come back from sabbatical, and she sits down next to Yogi, who's, you know, six foot ten, probably 350 pounds, big man. And at the piece, he turns to her and says, oh, welcome, you must be new. And she's like, (laughs) my husband and I planted this church. said, lady, Jesus saves. You don't have to lie. (laughs) I'm like, I've been coming to everything for three months. You haven't been to any of this. And she says, well, excuse me, who, who are you? How did you get here? She says, see that guy up there, Dave? Yeah, he's my friend. He brought me here. All of a sudden, a whole subsection of culture in London started coming. Now, I blew that invitation. It went horribly wrong. I got to work my delivery and how to tell people. But you know what? My bit was just to respond what God had already set up. I had no idea what would happen. I had incredible problems trying to tell this six foot eight or 10, 350 pound tattoo artist, got tattoos everywhere, that Jesus loved him. Because I just thought that is like the weakest statement ever. What I didn't realize is that the Lord God 
our Father in heaven, had immediate access to his heart that had been working on him and was going to set up a trap for him, right? The crash course, the living God. So we have this amazing ability to represent the Father. And look what, how Jesus did it. Every situation that Jesus walked into, what did he do? He had a redemptive solution for it. He didn't avoid problems. He didn't avoid people, but walked right into them with a redemptive solution. He did what he saw the Father doing, and he said what he heard the Father saying. And the Spirit of truth leads us into all the truth. And it's the same economy. It's the same economy. For you and I to be led by the Spirit of truth is really an offer by Jesus where we're enabled to do what he did to illustrate the Father and bring redemptive solutions to problems. And it's not just for us, not just for our families or our friends or our loved ones, not just for us in here, but think about it. When the going gets tough, the tough go to Destin to relax. <laughs> and what they're really looking for is to someone to illustrate to them that there's a different way. I mean, you can come to Destin. I'm sure you'll take their money, right? Um, and, and all that stuff. But you don't need to dull the pain with alcohol or with drugs. You don't need to have to bury your emotion of the, 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 the stuff you're going through because there's someone who has a redemptive solution to all of it. And it's our Father. And His invitation is that we would illustrate the Father to the hurt, to the broken, to the weary who flood your city every summer. Isn't that wild? We've been invited to the kind of relationship where we represent the Father. And this is the leading work of the Holy Spirit. But we have a choice to make. Will we be led? Often there can be fear here of letting go, of not being in control. And when we let go and surrender, that fear... To him, it allows us to share closely in his work. So um, we had this woman who was new to the faith. She'd done Alpha. She'd come to faith in a spectacular way. She had this awful idea that God wanted her to go to the train station, busiest train station in London, at rush hour and hand out invitations to Alpha. And I'm like, that's the dumbest idea. It's not going to work. But yeah, sure, here's 200 invitations. Go. Because you don't want to quench the faith of a new believer. I was like, it's not going to work, but go for it. And she goes, and she's there at rush hour. And like hundreds of people are going by, handing out leaflets. And then she sees a friend she knows doesn't know Jesus come by. And she kind of gets in front of him, gives him an invite to Alpha. Says, yes, they're going to come to Alpha. They're going to come to faith. Friend goes home, picks up supper on the way, sits down in her apartment, takes the Alpha invitation, reads it, throws it in the trash. Her roommate comes in, sits down to have her supper. She's kind of talking, looks into the trash. Says, oh, what's that? Picks it up out of the trash, reads it, says, huh, this is something I'd like to go to. Uh, email, signs up, comes down, does Alpha. On the third week where we talk about why did Jesus die, she makes a prayer commitment. She gets filled with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit retreat. She does, helps on the next Alpha, and then we have, uh, helps on the third one after that. And then our children's pastor moves to, gets married, moves off, and we have this opening. And that woman who picked the invite out of the trash that had been given to her roommate from a friend who had the dumbest idea to do something that wouldn't work, 
becomes our new children's pastor and for five years works for the church shaping the hearts and minds of children so they can grow up never knowing a time where they didn't know Jesus. Led by the Spirit to do something that, to my mind, was a dumb idea. But the Father knows, right? So humbling. So humbling. And John chapter, uh, another thing that happened, another story, I have time another story. So my wife Rachel, our, our boys, we moved here. Um, I think Ethan was, golly, three years old. He's at a Mother's Day out, similar to Nozark here, primary school. And we get talking to this other family, and I guess because we're both immigrants, I mean, my wife's British, so when she opens her mouth, Texans are like amazing. <laughs> Mini version of Downton Abbey right here, right? All they want to do is hear my wife talk, and, you know, it's great. And so she gets talking to this family from Monterey, Mexico, and their son, and um, Alpha's starting, and Rachel's like, I- I've got to invite Carla to Alpha. And she, meanwhile, Carla's a, a lawyer who's like the Aaron Brockovich of Dallas, just amazing woman. And uh, so she invites Carla to Alpha. Alpha. She comes to Alpha in the same group. There's another guy named Judson who's a friend of Kirk's, and they kind of hit it off, and then they start dating. They, get, they got married last year. Now they're expecting their first child. Amazing. And good w- wedding stories, they're just fantastic. We love them, don't we? But here's the other thing is that Carla and her mom, Maria, have this whole network of people in Dallas. And the way they do life is when we get an invite to Maria's birthday party, which was yesterday, we drop our plans we go normally because the food's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, but they also Zumba like you would never believe. And so I get to know them. They say, uh, and they're at the White Rock Y where I go, and they say, hey, you should do a, join Zumba. And I just have enough confidence to think I can do anything. And so I, I go to the Zumba class. I'm the only white guy. And the only one who doesn't know the moves. And the Zumba starts, and it's all I'm just trying to keep up. And I just, you know, I don't know what's going on. And then they break halfway through, and you go, and everybody comes, like, passing the piece. And I realize that there's this whole subculture here of Zumba people. And Zumba for them has become that place where they're trying to fill that thing in their heart where the pain is. And, you know, the past, I met everyone. I've never been more intimidated in my life, so I, don't, I haven't gone back. But <laughs> one invite to Alpha has opened up a whole cross-section of culture. One person. And grace is starting, the grace of God is just starting to roll through because the Father's presence is being known. And it was that one invite, that one prompting to be led by the Spirit. In John chapter 20, after Jesus is risen from the dead, remember the disciples are hiding for fear in this locked room, and Jesus uh, just walks through the wall. Amazing what that would have done to their fear issues, right? Like, oh my God, it's Jesus. I don't, can you even say that? I think you probably can. And at the end of the encounter, Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I send you. And if you look at every verse that deals with Jesus coming, uh, every verse that deals with Jesus coming from the Father, the theme was and is that he was sent by the Father to reveal the Father. It's very important. Jesus came to reveal the Father, turns to his followers and says, as the Father sent me, I send you. Our privilege then in this life is to reveal the Father to our family, to our friends, our community, 
the city, and the world. And it's impossible for us to do that without being filled with the fullness of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, John chapter 16 says, He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and to declare it to you. The test of authenticity, of being led by the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit of truth, is that the Holy, Holy Spirit, following him, always leads to the glorifying of Jesus. Encounters with him lead to witness. Peter, who denied Jesus, full of guilt and shame, encounters the Holy Spirit, becomes an amazing preacher. Why? Because the encounter led to power, the power for witness. The pattern you see in Acts is really simple. There's an encounter with God that leads to healing, that leads to redemption, that leads to empowerment in the Spirit, which leads to bold witness. For the Holy Spirit takes what is Jesus and declares it to us. It brings the teachings of Jesus from here to here. That's our biggest problem in Dallas. We've got people who are really God smart. They're just not that God connected. There's this huge divide. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Lord God presents to us in the scriptures a vision of a holy city. He has a vision for Destin. And Destin is known as all kinds of stuff. And the Lord God has a vision. The Father has a vision for Destin as a holy city. He's already gathering millions of people here every summer. And he's bringing them to you so that they somehow, in some way, might encounter the Father, the Father's presence. How do I know this? Look at Isaiah 61. If you have your Bibles with you, just turn back. I'm coming into land. This is almost done. Don't worry. It says here, and I'm reading from the NIV, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom of the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. Who are the they? It's everybody who's been listed beforehand. It's every type of brokenness possible in humanity has just been listed. And the, the anointed one's going to meet with them, transform their lives, transform their hearts as they encounter the Father's presence, and they're going to be transformed by being full of mourning to be full of joy, to being liars and cheaters to being people of truth, to being adulterers to be known as faithful. Why? Because the anointed one's going to encounter them, and then they're going to become oaks of righteousness. But wait, there's more. They're going to become a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now, we all agree that when there's a conversion, it's wonderful to see. It is. It's just fantastic to see somebody's life transformed by the hand of God. But what I'd never seen until praying about coming here to Destin is that there's another they in verse 4. It says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. So, destined to become known as a holy city, 
a city without walls where the Lord walks. Who's going to rebuild destined to its former glory even better? The broken, the weary, those who mourn, those who have no integrity, those who steal, cheat, don't file taxes, those who are just, you know, a mess. Some of them who just come here for vacation. When the Holy One of God grabs hold of them, they become the ones who will rebuild the city. The empty chairs around you, they're the ones who are going to rebuild the city. They're not here yet. We have to go get them. We have to go represent the Father to them. And how do we do that? Through hospitality. Say, hey, come. Come to dinner. Come to the local market. Come have the, honestly, I like the club better than the Cuban. I'm sorry. I know that's a divisive <laughs> word. Come. Just come. We're gathering together. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to talk about it. We're going to eat. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come and join us. Just come once. Hospitality is that place now where we create a space for people to meet with the living God, where they can see that everything they're longing for is found in the Father. And we can meet the Father through Jesus who sent his spirit to enable us. The Lord Almighty, the creator of the universe, calls us and invites us as children to represent him. His goodness, his love, and his nature to the world around us. But there's one thing that you have to do today. And that's to receive. God's expectation on you today is just to come like this and say, I want some. I need some. The question I was asked was, are you filled with the power of God? This is back when I was in college before I knew the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the power of God? I would say, I'm full of something, but I don't think it's God. <laughs> and you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties now, but we leak. We leak. We're broken vessels. And we need to keep getting filled over and over and over again. And so that's what we're going to do now. We're going to pray for you to be filled with the Father's presence, that you be filled with the power of God to bring redemptive solutions to the problems you will face this week. Some of them got more problems than others. You're not asked to fix them. You're asked to represent the Father in the place of them. So how are we doing this, Caleb? So we're going to invite you to come to the rail, to kneel down. We're going to come down with oil. We're going to anoint you with oil. For some of you, it's just going to feel like you got a greasy patch afterwards in your forehead that might smell nice, might not, depending on the oil. That's normal. Others, you might have a sense of something happening, maybe a burden being lifted. There are a few tears here at the first service, um, you know, just a relief of the peace of God coming. You might, when you get anointed, get a name or a person come to mind. And it may be that God's just calling you to pray for them. It may also be that he's calling you to pray for them and invite them to Alpha tomorrow night. Maybe more. So this is a space of grace created for you to step into. You've done nothing to prepare this this morning. It's been prepared for you. The Lord is here and his spirit is with us and you're invited to come up and to receive from him. So why don't we stand? I'm going to pray and then just come on forward.
Father, we thank you for the gift you've given us in your Son. Thank you that you promised not to leave us as orphans, but that you would send another comforter, the Spirit of truth who would lead us into all things. And so we invite your presence here now, Holy Spirit. Would you come well up within us? Come upon us, fill us afresh with your presence. We ask as we come forward to receive, you would stretch forth your mighty hand and fill our hearts with all that we need. As you feel led, come on down. We're ready for you.